Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Comics Coffee Metal Podcast. I'm your host, Don Cardenas, and this is it, episode 50. I don't know why I uh, put such an emphasis in my own brain about this number. I think I said before, I think it's because comics usually did some sort of special thing for 50, and yeah, I thought I had to like make some extra large episode or do some, uh, I don't know, some different thing but in the end it's just like you know what i got tons of cool people to talk to i'm gonna keep going maybe for 100 maybe for 100 that seems like more of a feat than than 50 i think i think practically anybody could probably do 50 episodes of a podcast when it gets 100 maybe we'll do something extra big extra special um and that's not to say today's guest isn't special today's guest is incredibly awesome and i'm so glad we got a chance to talk but first it's time to do some housekeeping um if you listen to the show whenever i release it you'll notice that this one is a few days later than usual that was something that was not a hundred percent planned this time but also something i've been mulling over doing i usually release on fridays and while, I, you know, I don't think that was an issue, you know, listenership-wise, releasing on Fridays, for me, the, the crunch of getting it edited and everything together and making sure I have a complete show for everybody on a Friday, it, it, it yeah, a little bit much trying to fit during the week. So I'm hoping having the extra Saturday-Sunday in between shows helps out and releasing on Mondays now. We'll see. Or this could, you know, completely backfire and uh, I will like immediately regret it. But I think I think it'll be fine and yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to having just that extra weekend space to be able to do that. And with that out of the way, uh, I also wanted to bring up that I talk a lot about, you know, my recommendations for comics, my recommendations for music and I realize I haven't really been, uh, you know, experimenting a lot with coffee. Uh, I've made mention in many shows that I need to cut back on my coffee consumption, but uh, for now, I- I'm I'm getting pretty interested in trying some different coffees. I have my absolute favorite from Rootless, the damn fine uh, blend, but I want to I want to do some experimenting, see some other stuff. I've been breaking out the, the you know single cup french press a lot and i kind of want to you know try something different uh and you know, hopefully have some cool recommendations for that so if you are listening and you're like hey i like this brand it's pretty and it's something you can order online or you know it's available nationally or something like that let me know drop me a line i want to check it out you know i i'm seeing a lot of you know, small roasters coming up and a lot of them are available online and a lot of them have like little little sample packs. So that seems like something kind of doable, I think, to do for the show and and have that. It wouldn't be like a weekly segment or anything, but yeah, it's it's something I'm interested in doing and I kind of want to do. So again, if you got some coffee recommendations, drop them my way. I'm more than interested in just kind of checking out a bit of everything. I might not check out everything i i will be probably going towards my preferred wheelhouse of flavors and all that but you know if, if I'm, I'm i'm willing and open to try stuff you know I've, I've tried 
plenty of different kinds of coffees and you know while i'm not a fan of the more fruit heavy ones or citrus heavy ones you know i i i, I still have given plenty of those a shot so yeah send them my way i want to try them out and now for the comic book recommendation of this week this is a kickstarter i had a chance to look at it early and it is amazing it's by some friends but it's you know just absolutely stellar work and it is happy hill number one by joe mulvey rich dueck chris sotomayor and lettered by hassan Osman elhow i hope i pronounced uh hassan's name correctly i uh, scoured the internet to make sure i did i i try to take some sort of pride in, in getting people's names right don't always do it <laughs> so uh hassan if you happen to hear this and i did it wrong massive apologies i did my best so happy hill is a supernatural vacation thriller and horror action dramedy about the deadly consequences of the pursuit of happiness it follows wyatt willows and thea ripley who are the only survivors of the infamous roanoke orphanage disappearance that claims 12 children in a single night uh, Thea has done her absolute best to kind of put this whole thing behind her and Wyatt's convinced that a local uh, legend, the Woodsman, was responsible and he's been obsessed with proving that. When a young girl uh, disappears on the grounds of the exclusive Happy Hill Resort, Wyatt's like, I got a new lead, we gotta go check this out. So he and Thea go to the Happy Hill Resort under the guise of a couple and start investigating some things. Uh, Joe as a buddy he's told me about this book you know well over a year ago and he's this is definitely something he's had cooking for a long time he's going to be on the show next week so we go more into that kind of stuff uh and development of all that but yeah he's he's had this uh as a part of a, a passion for this story for a while and it really shows in the artwork joe's always improving joe's always always been good and now he's getting great and it's really, really cool to see just the st- the stylistic influences he's starting to adapt into his 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 work as time goes on. His style is, you know, very clean, but it's also very detailed. Um, kind of like a I don't know, so, sort of like a maybe like an Art Adams by way of Humberto Ramos. Joe's not afraid to get real expressive, real cartoony with the faces, exaggerate forms and things like that, uh, more so than Art Adams would. But he's also, you know, really good at creating great backgrounds and great scenery that that feels very grounded and keeps everything feeling very uh, substantial. Uh, And this is all just amplified by Chris Sotomayor's amazing color work. They're a great team. I, 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 I kind of gush over a little bit when I talk to Joe on the show, but yeah, they've worked together for quite some time. They're good buds, and it really shows. They, they have a chemistry together that works exquisitely well. Um, and and that, on top of all that, enough cannot be said about Rich Duick's scripting. Um, I don't know how much is Rich and how much is Joe. I know Rich was kind of helping Joe with the book, and then end up helping so much that joe joe is pretty much you know telling him that okay you're 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 a co-name on this so but if you're familiar with his work you know the the level of quality he brings the level of intelligence he brings and uh i don't want to keep this as a promo for next week's episode but yeah joe and i really get into how much rich contributed to the story uh by you know his just 
you know, just razor sharp eye for story and, and all that. This is a really, really good book. I'm really interested in seeing where this goes. Um, like I said, it's on Kickstarter right now. It has already met its goal. It's going to be on Kickstarter for a short time. It is a shortened, uh, I guess, a fundraising period, whatever, whatever you want to call it. So as of posting, there's 12 days left. And it's just a stellar book. You need to jump on this. Joe's got so many great rewards for this. And if you're a fan of mystery, suspense, that style of comic book, it is 100% up your alley. You will definitely enjoy it. Happy Hill, number one, Kickstarter, link in the show notes. All right, on to the music recommendation for this week. And I, uh, if it's not apparent, I don't tend to write a lot of scripts for what I'm saying here, unless there's some facts I need to make sure I get straight. But uh, I was trying to write one for this one, and it's incredibly difficult because it's it's hard for me to get to passes, for, just get past the, the fact that, you know, it's Power Wolf. If you're not in, you're not in. Yeah, it, 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 it's something that was just like locking my brain up so hard. Um, but I will do my best. Uh, Power Wolf is a power metal band. And they've kind of taken the visual or kind of like, I don't want to say shtick. The kind of this like the idea is like, you know, they're kind of like spiritual werewolves. They take a lot of like uh, Christianity themes, a lot of like old Romanian legend themes and stuff like that. And songs about that but it's kind of like a lot of werewolfy stuff and things like that and mostly with the imagery as of late but yeah it's it's just it's just fun awesome power metal stuff and yeah if, if you're not in with the name power wolf and you're like whatever this is i'm in just for the name power wolf then then i i can't i can't convince you otherwise but i'm doing my best here they are very power metally and if you're unfamiliar with power metal that is the style of metal with very operatic uh, vocals, uh, more orchestral synth-type sounds, and generally seeming more upbeat in terms of tonality of the uh, of the riffs and stuff like that. And it, it seems to be more epic, or you know, like the, this power metal is the type of metal when you you know usually hear someone singing about tales of battles and, and and vikings and and these legendary things and um there's a lot of stuff in power metal that is apparent in other genres like thrash you know the the riffs and the beats and power wolf is really great at staying power metal uh with ballads and and, and you know keeping those more grandiose aspects of the genre intact but they bring a lot of thrash, they bring a lot of groove, they bring a lot of just kind of fun to go with the semi-seriousness of the epic stuff they do. And yeah, it's just really infectious to me, and I am just... They're, they're, they're not a band I'm always listening to, but whenever they have a new album come out, it's definitely something I listen to for a while, and if it comes up on a list or or anything like that i i can't turn it off so yeah they are just incredibly good at what they do and while power metal is not one of my preferred genres of metal i can't deny them they are great uh a cool thing about this recent album call of the wild <laughs> i should have done that thing with uh is that there's a deluxe version 
And I listen to my music mainly through Apple Music. So usually if there's a deluxe version or whatever, that's the one I'm, I'm listening to. And they have the 11 tracks for Call of the Wild. Then they also have another 10 tracks of previous previously recorded songs of theirs that they've redone with different vocalists. And they have people like Doro, uh, Alyssa White Gluz, Blues? I'm, I'm sorry if I butcher her last name. Uh, Matt Heafy from Trivium. Uh, Johannes uh, Eckerstrom from Avatar. They have all these guest vocalists coming on and do that. And I think that was a really cool thing for them to do. Uh, I think that was something that was born out of the pandemic. And they're like, what are we going to do? It's like, well, let's re-record some of our songs and have some of our friends do the vocals. And the results are really, really fun. Really, really cool. Uh, I haven't listened to all of them, but the few I did listen to, excellent stuff. And then they also include orchestral versions, instrumental versions of all their songs. So, you know, if you need some epic music playing in the background for for some writing or just, you know, playing a video game and you don't want any lyrics or anything like that, they got you covered, man. So yeah, this is a really cool package. Power Wolf, Call of the Wild. It's available everywhere. Super fun. I'm back to being... Uh, <laughs> Uh, my basic metal bitch self <laughs> and enjoying the first track the most so far um, and that is Faster Than The Flame and here's a taste of that For my guest, you know who it is. Uh, it's Jeremy Hahn. He is an amazing artist and writer, and his recent Kickstarter like just kicked down the doors and just like started kicking immediate ass all over the place. And when that happened, um, before he got the funding, when he released his uh, Kickstarter, I'm like, you know what? Uh, l- little uh, behind the scenes stuff here. You know, I, I've been trying to bank a few shows this month so I can take a, a week off of recording and editing and all that uh, in early August to kind of take a little break. So I was trying to get an extra show in there. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'll overbook myself. And then uh, <laughs> I was I was looking for one more show, and Jeremy's Kickstarter dropped, and I'm like, you know what? He's probably incredibly busy. You know, I I don't think we've had many interactions online before this short of like maybe me just commenting on a drawing or something I, I don't I'm not 100% sure but even then I've been a fan of his for a while and I'm like you know I'm just going to contact him and uh, he and his wife were super awesome we nailed down recording time right away and he was incredibly busy and I'm so grateful that he gave me some time 
to talk and chat and i'm incredibly glad we got this in and out so his kickstarter is already you know i think 200 percent plus funded he keeps adding amazing stretch goals it's really cool jeremy's anthology we'll get into the meat and bones of it in the show but yeah it's it's a really cool concept really cool idea and we have a real good chat about just kind of the impetus of that and also some uh he has a really cool story about you know finding some space to work uh and and you know getting into that kind of headspace for for writing and and drawing kind of like the differences between that and all that and a whole bunch of other stuff jeremy's awesome i'm rambling let's get to the show jeremy hahn so you've managed to do something that i personally have dreamed about doing for quite a while and i'm sure every other artist in existence <laughs> has probably had the idea but they've just they haven't done it and you you created a, a one-man anthology uh and not only did you do that you successfully launched it on kickstarter kicked all sorts of ass with the funding goal like immediately and i have quite a few questions about all of that but before we get to any of it jeremy Hahn, i have to ask you comics coffee metal what are you digging right now um you know i i love a good cup of coffee and we've been very fortunate um in the joplin area where i live to have a plethora of really fantastic local roasters uh two of them locally that that i just absolutely love are um uh cottage small roasters out of carthage missouri and bearded lady roasters out of joplin and um you know there's something about about going and you know i mean you can you can get a great latte and i and i love i love them but there's something about a cup of black coffee you know somebody somebody roasts it themselves and they bring it and uh cottage small roasters sets up at our local market okay. here in joplin it's our the joplin empire market this downtown market that we have and you get a pour over from 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 josh from the guy that runs it and he and his wife are there every every saturday and uh He's he's just this uh, this <laughs> delightfully amazing grumpy uh, you know forty <laughs> year old punk kid that uh, that makes a cup of coffee cup of coffee worth you know worthy of uh, of Agent Cooper from Twin Peaks you know it's a damn <laughs> fine cup of coffee and I only can get that on Saturdays so I, every Saturday I go to the market. And I, I have one and then I have another one and generally almost always a third. So it's the best. That, 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 that sounds awesome. I, I, my wife and I often wish we had, you know, more stuff like that in our area. Just because, you know, we, we've had a little bit here and there. In the summers, there's like a farmer's market. Uh, but, you know, it's like every th- three weeks or something like that. And there's a couple local coffee places i don't know if i don't think they're actually roasters but uh it's kind of nice to you know go somewhere where someone's like doing the really extra fancy work <laughs> to make that nice pour over cup or or however you you prefer to have uh your coffee brewed 
it's really funny you you mentioned the Twin Peaks thing because my favorite coffee is from a company called Rootless. And they are based out of Michigan, Flint, Michigan. And they're actually uh, co-owned by uh, John O'Diener, who's a comic book, you know, upcoming comic book writer and uh, a musician and a drummer. And they're, the roast I get from them is damn fine cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you prefer like a darker roast or a medium roast or just kind of whatever it depends on the brand or so to speak, or, you know, um, I, I'm kind of just like a medium roast guy. I, I think that there's, there's always that misnomer that, uh, you know, the darker, the roast, the, the more caffeine or like, you know, the, the I mean, it's, it's bold flavor wise, but, uh, you know, I think you start getting, getting too dark sometimes and, and it, uh kind of takes some of the the magic out of it so you know give give me a give me a give me a medium you can even push towards light a little bit it okay. just depends on on the skill of the uh the roaster and his understanding of the bean so when, when you make coffee at home do you just have a drip or pour over or french press or um we have all the things okay. at my house. <laughs> uh <laughs> i uh you know COVID kind of kind of makes you uh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know master all the things. You yeah. you're like, oh I'm gonna I'm gonna master the pour over. I'm going to, you know, I'm gonna get my favorite, you know, like what what is the best French press out there? Um here's the weird thing. The the funny thing about coffee in my house is that we I typically drink uh just drip coffee and my 11 year old son makes it <laughs> because no matter what, no matter how I try to do it, I can't, Lori can't, you know, it just, it just can't happen. Like Owen makes the best coffee in the house every single time he brings, he'll bring me out a cup and now it's become even a joke. Like, like he actually like brings it out just beaming, you know, cause, <laughs> cause he knows that like, he's going to walk through the door and, and the smell of it's going to hit me. And then he gets to see my face, the smile on my face. When I take that first sip, I usually burn the piss out of my mouth, but uh, <laughs> worth it. Uh, that, that, that's very sweet. Actually. <laughs> uh, yeah. As, as the father of two little, uh, two much younger kids, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the day I can put them to work. <laughs> oh yeah. you know. <laughs> but you got, you got, you got to let them know you appreciate it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that, that's awesome. Yeah. I've, I've wanted to like try to get into the pour over thing, but I'm like, that's very, it's, it's kind of like, I don't want, I don't want to get too far into that rabbit hole. (laughs) Yeah. I I think that that's science, right? I mean, or I don't know, maybe maybe it's, maybe it's closer to alchemy, you know, it it starts to get into this, like, like magic that you, you, uh, one thing that I realized with it, and I think maybe even part of my problem was that um, I was I was really spending so much time trying to mess with it. You know, I would I would make a cup and I'd be like, eh, uh-huh. and then I go back and do another one. And I'm like, 20 minutes later, I'm like, I just need a damn cup of coffee. Come on. <laughs> this is, you know, like, yeah. this is, yeah. Yeah. That, no, yeah, I, I, I totally get that. So. Yeah, we're just drip over here, and I have a, a very small French press whenever, because I like a darker roast, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, I can't drink a darker roast all day. 
like that right, that's right. just you know so if i'm looking for just that one nice cup of of uh dark yeah i i do the french press and my wife she likes funny thing is she can drink coffee black but mm-hmm. she also likes the more you know she can also do like the f- more flavored style coffees with some of like the the fruitier stuff or the more citrusy right. kind of stuff and for me it's like i can't i can't do that at all so it's either medium roast and uh or or dark and i i got it i'm a baby about it i gotta do a, a little bit of cream and sugar though hey you can, you can be a baby all you need to man that's fine you, okay. you do you <laughs> i try i try you know i try every now and then i try to just like let me try to drink black coffee just because just because it's easier to like you don't you can't run out of creamer if you don't drink creamer <laughs> just right. like no, oh, okay. you know it's, so okay. yeah it's just that kind of thing so yeah i i don't know um just making myself things more difficult for myself is kind of my it's kind of my brand so that's that's good you gotta you gotta you gotta do that you know i i uh i love um you know a a good dollop of cream in coffee on occasion but there is something about the fact that um this is people are gonna maybe cringe like crazy when i say this but like you know i can drink black coffee all the ways you know like like uh i'm perfectly fine having that uh that cup of piping hot perfect you know just oh, it's so good then uh, you know I'll, I'll drink a coffee when it's gone <laughs> gone lukewarm <laughs> and uh you know and i'll put it over ice if it's you know gone proper cold like like I, i'm fine with it all the ways and uh that's one of the things that i really appreciate appreciate about black coffee is that you know you want you like i want i want a, on occasion, a a bit of cream in my coffee, if I'm having it right then and it's hot, and especially if it has scotch in it, then, <laughs> then I'm fine. Uh, well, one last coffee question before we move on. Then, um, so do you have like a threshold for levels of like quality of coffee? Like, can you can you just like run into any random gas station and say, "I need my coffee. This is how I have to get it today. This is what it's going to be." Uh, or you're like, no, (laughs) oh no, I've, I've, I'm now, I, I suck now. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm spoiled. I really am. You know, uh, whenever you have, whenever your small town gets a couple of great coffee shops, you know, you definitely stop being able to abide that tar that you get from a gas (laughs) station or, you know, I, I remember that like, you know, my dad was always insistent, insistent that like, you know, the best cup of easy coffee was from McDonald's. You could just get a black, you know, a black coffee from McDonald's and it would get, get you through anything. You could be tra- you know, you could be driving from, from, uh, from Joplin, Missouri to Michigan, you know, <laughs> and stay awake on, on black coffee and cigarettes, which, you know, that's, that's crazy. But, um, but for me, you know, it's this thing where I, I, I have been spoiled and I, you know, even even a cup of coffee from Starbucks just kind of grosses me out now. I mean, I'll do it if I need to, but I've, I've become that guy, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I totally don't do Starbucks coffee per se. If I'm at Starbucks, I'm usually getting like a chai tea latte or something, which is, mm-hmm. it's essentially, you know, just, you know, some flavored sugar in a cup. Right. Right. Um, but I know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have no, no I, I will, Yeah. I will say that, that if I, if I, if I were going to Starbucks, I tend to get a, uh, Half black, half green, Trenta 
unsweetened iced tea. It's got a little green tea in there, a little black tea. It's unsweetened, so I don't, you know, feel gross. Mm-hmm. Just you know, that works. Yeah, I I'll take that. I, th- I think more and more I I don't know anybody who actually gets Starbucks who drinks Starbucks coffee for the coffee. It's always something like a tea or one of the more blended drinks or just, you know, just, you know, or like, you know, like the, like the lattes or something like that. Right, Even though I right. guess technically lattes coffee, but you know what I mean? Like no one's, get, I don't know anyone who's getting like the black, you know, the black coffee from Starbucks. It's always, it's mm-hmm. always the flavored thing or the, the thing you can't, you can't really get anywhere else except like a coffee shop and Starbucks are everywhere. So that's where you get. Right. So. Well, it's pretty great too. I go to my local shop and, and people are in there and there's always some, some, you know, just delightful dude in front of me asking, you know, if he can get a Frappuccino. And they're like, we don't do those, man. That's not really. And, you know, he's just fear. Well, you're a coffee shop. Why don't you do a Frappuccino? And they're like, because we're a coffee shop. <laughs> do you see the menu? Is it on the menu? No, right. we don't have it. <laughs> All right. I think we I think we've covered coffee pretty well. Yes. Yes. Perfectly so. Right. So uh, comics and metal. What's what's got you going? these days you know uh i ran into a really bizarre thing with um you know during covid uh i i've always been a voracious reader my entire life uh novels comics more comics you know anything i could get my hands on and um i hit this point i don't know what it was i don't know if it was anxiety or or what but i couldn't read so much for I'm not not that I forgot how to read, but like my focus was so broken that that I would I would you know I'd pick up a novel and I'd, I'd read a page and then have to reread the page and I was like I, I'm not processing any of this I'm so distracted my mind is so splintered and and so it took me a long long while to sort of get back to the point where I was able to enjoy reading and during all this time i was buying more books i was buying more comics you know and just like more and more and and uh laurie was like you know here's the deal your side of the bed um is out of hand and and you know if if say if those that stack of comic books fell over in the night it would kill you um (laughs) you know maybe you should get that you know in hand and so um you know i I really found one of the key things was sort of maybe for the first time in my life, switching from um, monthly reading on books to really focusing on reading collections Mm -hmm. or whole arcs of things. Um, It's weird to do. I mean, there, there is a thing there where, um, um, you know, like I still love the format. I love monthly comics. They're so important to me and the way in my entire life I've enjoyed reading. But there was just something about being able to sort of, you know, knuckle down and, and focus on reading. Uh, one of the things that I, I actually read and really, really loved was um, Kieran Gillen's Darth Vader series that he did from you know Marvel. I mean, this is and this is of course, but by now it's old, right? Yeah. I built up. I built up a couple of years of, of Vader, you know, but, um, 
but I really enjoyed that. Honestly, if, if I'm being absolutely honest, most of the things that I have read recently has been older stuff that I've kind of been holding back or stuff that I've, I've kind of, you know, um, uh, picked up along the way. Um, uh, Jeff Lemire, um, you know, constantly amazes me as a creator. I think I, you know, I, I feel such a kinship to him as far as, uh, the way, the kind of storyteller he is. He just, he's a font of, of, you know, storytelling. He's always doing something new and, you know, he's got, he's got his, his series that are, are fantastic, you know, that he keeps pounding away on. And, um, I, I tried to really read a lot of Jeff Lemire's stuff during this, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I need to do, you know, uh, sweet tooth is, is fantastic. I need to do a reread of sweet tooth. Um, you know, but, um, just because I loved it so much the first time I, I read it, you know, but like, uh, the, his stuff that I re- recently just like was way behind on and dove into pretty deep was the black hammer stuff. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I love this weird off like look at, you know, superheroes gone on to other things, you know, that that's, that's kind of beautiful to me. And it's such a interesting take, you know, you've got, you've got all these kind of characters from, from superhero stuff, but they're kind of pulpy and, you know, a little bit weird fictiony and, uh, that sort of thing totally does it for me. That's uh, you know, uh, the other thing, of course I, I redid a, I did a, um, uh, a massive reread of Hellboy and the mm-hmm. BPR stuff. Uh, you know, I, I need to finish that. It, there's at this point, there's so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> epic. It's it, epic is not even close to the word <laughs> for how well, much stuff there is. It's so weird. Like, um, you know what Hellboy started out as and where it is now is, is amazing because it does get so huge and, and truly apocalyptic and, you know, like the world's just not the same, you know, it's not, it's not our, it's not our world so much anymore. <laughs> you know, it really gets pretty terrible and giant, giant monsters just kind of slothing through it's uh it, it's pretty fantastic I, I i love that world i love mike's vision i think that um he is one of the most singular voices right now you know he has a thing he does a thing and every time it's enjoyable i always love it that's awesome yeah i i can totally you know agree with the kind of the satisfaction you kind of get from just having completed collections and arcs to read. Cause as much as I also love the monthly, you know, comic, you know, when my daughter was born roughly just over five years ago, I had to stop going monthly and, and, and all that. I had to take a break from all that for a while. And my only real, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I was at the point where I'm like, well, I'm not going to shop weekly anymore. I I have all these collections <laughs> I've built up yeah. and, and single issues too, to be honest, that I had not read. So I'm like, I have to get through all these first. And 
before I'd buy anything else. And it took me so long to get through all of those that by the time I was like, okay, I need more more new stuff to read, I was the stuff I was interested in was already being collected. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I really got um, an iPad last year that I'm like kind of like really warming into the digital thing for reading books. I always read some stuff digitally, but you know, with, with the giant ass iPad I have now, <laughs> it's like, okay, it looks really good on here. Let me, Doesn't uh, it, though? it looks so gorgeous. And so, yeah, so I, I, I've made use of the, the comicsology, uh, and fairly, you know, fairly recently, uh, I've started doing, you know, for the show, I've been recommending a book every week and, or a comic or a series or whatever. And so it's kind of forcing me <laughs> to go and consume content, which can be a little stressful sometimes. I'm like, okay, what am I going to recommend? But then something always comes up. Something always comes in my lap. If I'm not, if I'm not sure, like, um, I'm not sure exactly when this episode is going to post, but the week of this, I'm like, Oh, I'm not sure what I'm going to recommend. And then, you know, my buddy, Kevin Mellon sent me PDFs of the two shorts he did. And I'm like, these are fucking amazing. Like, <laughs> all right. So I can I can easily recommend these like, right. and 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 stuff like that has happened more than once. So, uh, but I do find myself like kind of missing getting the monthly series. So, so I, I I see you know your your dilemma with like I like the monthly, but yeah, that's just it's, it is just kind of nice to sit down and like I have the complete thing right here in my hand of of this story. I'm gonna read it and I'm gonna get like that closure satisfaction of like completing it. And I think, I think that's what we all kind of were looking for a lot in the past year or so is just like having something that's like, has some sort of closure to it. Cause there are so many things were uncertain for so long. That's very true. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, 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 I totally get that. And I am, I have to mention that, you know, you brought up Jeff Lemire and I, he's a giant blind spot for me. Mm-hmm. It's not that I haven't been aware that people I know and respect their opinions of have touted how great his stuff is. I just have not gotten to any of it. So I'm, you know, publicly declaring I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remedy this. I, you know, the Sweet Tooth show on Netflix looks great. Mm-hmm. And I definitely need to like, I definitely want to read the book first. So I'm placing this vow out there now. I'm going to start. And if anyone listening has a Lemire recommendations for me let me know because <laughs> he's, he's he's also very prolific so that's also like yes where yeah. do you start now with with what he does but i guess sweet tooth is probably the most obvious thing to do yeah i mean sweet i think i think you've got to do sweet tooth uh black hammer and also essex county uh which is collected into this beautiful huge uh almost phone book sized home at this point and uh yeah, damn, you, you know, that's, 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 that's the good stuff right there. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. The other thing really quick before we move on, uh, that I actually, I wanted to talk about something, you know, recent something. Um, so I got, I got, the, I backed this Indiegogo for this book, Long Harbor from a guy called Alejandro Maribal. He, he, um, <laughs> He's probably going to get annoyed because I talk about him so much, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, it's a, it is a fantastic, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to talk too much about the story itself, but it is a, a 
an amazingly illustrated Lovecraftian tale by the sea. And it is disturbing and has some of the most amazing creature design that I've seen. He just gets it. But um, yeah, Long long Harbor. Uh, I, I got it. I got my my, uh, you know, my book in the mail. And I just, I, I was so absolutely happy with what he did. So yeah, a lot of fun. I'm, I'm making note of that right now because that sounds, you know, definitely up my alley. All right, cool. Awesome. Awesome. So metal, um, are, you know, we had talked a little bit before and I kind of, I think I got, I, you mentioned you're kind of that guy who has, you know, a pretty wide taste of music. And I think there's more of us out there <laughs> than, yeah. than we think these days. Right. But um, for metal, do you have uh, do you have something that's that, uh, something new that you've been uh, hooked on lately or? Uh, yeah, there's well, the thing that I've I've the, the metal that I've been listening to the most lately um, is this band called bong ripper <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh which it's almost it's almost like sonic walls it's really this thing where it's just it, I mean, it there's, there's there's no lyrics it's just instrumental but it is so intense and just massive and uh i i truly love writing to it um for a while i was at uh, local comic shop, and there's always these kids from the local um, ministry college uh, sitting sitting nearby, and and they they kind of get a little loud, apostatizing to one another, and um, to each their own. But man, it got you know it got like it was it would get like really really kind of like they're they're trying to outdo each other, you know, talking about their experience, right and. So my favorite thing to do then would be to put on my giant headphones and <laughs> be writing, but turning up Bong Ripper's Satan worshiping doom as loud as I could possibly handle before my ears explode so that I could focus and write. I don't know. I, I, I think I have something. <laughs> if, if I hear a conversation nearby, I can't fo- like I have a focus issue. I can't focus on what I'm trying to write because. I'm only listening with half. I'm never trying to eavesdrop on anybody's thing, but like I can just hear every word. And so uh, bong ripper has gotten me through many a tough time where I just needed to drown out noise. Yeah. Are, are you, are you a fan of the general, like kind of doom genre itself or. Um, more so. So. You know, doom metal is, um, just so absolutely brutal it kind of you know it's it's like it's like an assault on the senses um i enjoy the theatricality of doom metal of you know black metal um a lot of the you know like there there kind of is a thing um and please forgive me for being a giant wimp with it but um the lyrical assault of of dark screaming voices can be a bit too much for me so i usually just go with uh instrumentals you know like like any, any you know anything with in, you know instrumentals as far as the really intense stuff um you know and then then when you know i'm i mean i'm 
probably a little too light for some people. You know, I, I, I love bands like Mastodon and, you know, the sword. Um, I think that that is more probably my speed for just everyday. Okay. Metal. No, well, the, you know, it's, uh, it's often mentioned on the show. Metal is so wide in terms of like what you can classify a band as in terms of metal. Sure. There's all the subgenres and, and there's so many, you can't even like, like if I'm looking up a band I want to talk about, I have to look up what subgenre they are because you don't want to call someone, you know, a progressive uh, metalcore when they're actually atmospheric deathcore or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, it's I, I I don't think with with the sword and the mastodon, I think those are kind of when those those are kind of the bands where everyone's like, yeah, yeah, like I I I. I've, it's it's kind of hard to find someone who's like a metalhead who's not going to be like no no they're good yeah you know right, they may right. not be their favorites or whatever but they're right. not going to you know right yeah they're they're the most palatable versions for for just about everybody and you know I think you're hitting it on the head too like like I'm always as somebody that that you know appreciates a variety of music when people are incredibly passionate and i will say that the most passionate are often true metalheads you know you get into somebody that's like oh no 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 that's not what that is <laughs> you know i they don't i don't i don't think most of the time they even mean it to be shitty i think that most of the time they're just they're just like that is their heart and soul that mm-hmm. is where they you know where they live uh i i live in with um you know, maybe, maybe I am, I am the pop music of, of, you know, uh, enjoyment. I, I like all the things a little bit. Uh, I enjoy the, uh, I enjoy the art house film as much as I do the popcorn movie. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of, I kind of, you know, like all the things a little bit. Um, I just, I just want it to be good. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's where, that's where I, I kind of sit. So to any of you true brilliant metalheads out there, I love you and respect everything that you do and enjoy. Uh, I'll try to do better. I, I, you know, I think I'm definitely uh, there with you. Um, I do have, you know, thanks, you know, to the show, actually trying to find new albums to recommend. I'm definitely getting into different levels or different subgenres of metal that I normally, normally wouldn't, you know, normally like the more blacky kind of high screaming kind of, you know, all blast beats all the time stuff never really appealed to me. You know, I was more of the Metallica Pantera type, you know, Black Label right. Society. Right. Uh, but, you know, and then I did like a hard veer into like symphonic metal. But then, you know, getting getting into this stuff, it's like I can definitely, I'm develop, developing a serious appreciation for it. And I'm, you know, I, I like to be open to lots of things because, you know, I'll just as much be listening to churches as I will be listening to a metal album or, you know, I'll be listening <laughs> yeah. to Johnny Cash just as much as, you know, I'll be listening to, you know, I don't really listen to rap that much. Like my rap like right. stops like at run DMC and beastie boys. <laughs> right. Right. And it's not to disparage that genre in the absolute slightest. It's just not something I connect to. Um, well, I think it's, uh, sorry, please go well, ahead. No, but no. So yeah, I, it's, I think when, we're you know people like like us sort of were we're open to a lot of more things 
and we come across the people who are intensely passionate about that one thing, that one subgenre or whatever, uh, I think, you know, as a whole, we're probably more like uh, not wanting to like insult them mm-hmm. <laughs> by, by, by like saying like, well, this other stuff's good too. Right. And it's really awesome that you're super passionate about that. It's just, you know, I think the way uh, some of our brains are wired, it's just like, well, we kind of want to like a lot all the stuff because there's so much stuff. Like, why not be open to liking more of it? Um, and I think, it, and, and to be fully honest, if, you, if you've talked, because I've, I've talked to a few of these guys who seem like they're really just hardcore, super metal, they they got other stuff in their libraries they don't talk about <laughs> and they sure. they may they may feel that little bit of a, a guilty pleasure with it or whatever but um i've told i've told a couple of them like man there's there's no guilty pleasures man dig what you dig like who cares like some of right. the biggest heaviest like guitar guys on youtube their channels grew because they did like heavy metal covers of like a Miley Cyrus song like yeah, yeah. you know it, it, it's 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 yeah it's yeah I, I think it's it's less apparent but yeah it's definitely the uh the hardcore guys and but you know what? again god bless them because those are the guys who are probably keeping that band <laughs> keeping that band going and doing their music by buying their merch and doing all that stuff so well give me give me give me the you know the the lady that's a a, a absolute hardcore fan that also likes boston or something like that and you know like like yeah. any 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 Anybody that, that, that has, that has like an absolute, when you, earlier when you're saying it, like one of the things that I, I was thinking about was, was that, that like, yeah, you don't want, you don't want to come off like an idiot around, around absolute people that are so passionate about it. But God, I love the passion too. Mm-hmm. Like the idea that you're so dedicated to a thing and like encyclopedic knowledge of anything. I don't really have that in my world. You know, I, I, you know, uh, whether it's it's, you know, um, weird fiction fans that that like can talk circles around me, mm-hmm. you know, that they'll be they'll be, you know, they'll, they'll refer to a story and a line from a story. And oh, but what about this one that connects to that, you know, or 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 music or whatever it is? I, you know, look, here's the thing. There are people that. um can play the game. And then there are people that like to watch the game. Mm-hmm. You go play the game. You, 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 and I'm just going to sit back and just sit there in awe and listen to you, uh, talk about, you know, your thing for a while. And, and I'm going to be impressed by it. Yeah. You bring up a really good, uh, a really good point where it's like, you know, for me, my enjoyment of a lot of things is less. Well, I can, you know, seem like i know a lot of things about a lot of things it's just touching tip tip of the iceberg you know but i i I think when i consume things and i I, I hate phrasing it that way when i listen to things or read things or watch things i like i think what connects me most is this like the vibe and the feeling of it as opposed to like i can listen to i can put on a song that i've listened to a thousand times and you're like, oh, what's the, what's that lyric? I mean, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't remember. Like, right. and it's just like I'm just I'm just because I'm just locked into the feeling it gives me and the uh, the 
the mood it generates and stuff like that. So, yeah, when there are those people who, like, you know, can say, like, Lord of the Rings fans, where they're, like, you know, they're citing all these appendixes and, and things like that, and, and like, I read the books, like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right, right. But God bless you for... <laughs> yeah. For loving it this much, because now I'm listening to a YouTube video about you going into the 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 secret history of the wizards, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, okay, I'm gonna forget yeah. this video as soon as it ends, but I'm enjoying right. it in the moment. <laughs> well, and I, you know, and I, it's interesting that that in this time, you know, we have access to the entirety of human knowledge, you know, at our fingertips, and some people go down rabbit holes and are built for intense research and love topics and things like that. And, you know, some people just let the things wash over them. And and I think that, you know, as I go, I, I realize that, you know, like the greatest gift that we can truly give ourselves is appreciating things on our terms. You know, that's, that's the thing we've got to, you like things that you like your way. I'm going to like things over here the way I like them. And, you know, if, if I can respect your, your way of liking things and you can respect mine, then the, the world's probably a better place for it. Well said. So you mentioned, you know, when you're kind of, you're writing, you, you go to the shop, you kind of put on the headphones and all that. Has that kind of now with, I'm obviously when COVID happened, that's not, a thing you could have done is that something you've kind of like brought back into your uh routine is that something you're feeling comfortable doing again i'm not going to be comfortable with anything ever <laughs> <laughs> let's let's be uh let's be I, I get i get twitchy just walking in and and ordering you know a cup of coffee and running out like in my hazmat suit uh <laughs> um i i have so much respect for shop owners, for restaurateurs, for people working out there, they have to. Mm-hmm. They, you know, that's, that's that's the reality of this. Um, comic shops, coffee shops, restaurants—they have to stay open. They have, you know, I mean, they, otherwise they can close. That's the only other option that they really have. And then we we get pissed off because you know your your favorite burger joint, sh- you know, shuttered. Um, uh, the reality that I I've kind of had to to deal with is like, how do I support those things and understand that, that they're doing what they can to survive. And I have to support that and respect that, um, while still very, very strongly, you know, saying, I'm sorry, you know, I, I, I can't, you know, I can't do this. I can't, I can't be out maskless sitting in a group of, of, you know, or even, even I'm honestly, even masked, I can't, I can't sit in a, a coffee shop with 20 people all, you know, maskless and, and, you know, pretending like they're sipping out of cups, but not really, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes it sound like people are just bad people. That's not really where I'm trying to go with it, but you know, I'm, I'm generalizing yeah. in, a, in a massive way. Um, I, so I'm a very experiential writer and this is going to sound super douchey and I don't really mean it that way, but like, um, I, 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 I get in a mood. I, 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 I get in, in like a flow you put on the right music, 
you know, it's usually instrumental because if I hear words, I go, you know, just go completely idiot. But, um, but I like to go and I like to write in a space that has a feel. And, um, when I started writing the red mother for boom studios was when I really first kind of like leaned into it. I was like, I can't write in, you know, I have, I have a wonderful studio at my house, uh, but, but I draw there. And I, and I realized that all of my spaces were, were kind of at, at a 45 degree angle so that I could draw on them um, <laughs> or I could lay on the couch and just get really sleepy and want to take a nap or I could sit poorly in a chair that doesn't, is not set up for, for writing, you know? Uh, so I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start, you know, trying to find another space. And, um, and I realized that, that like mood was becoming really important. Like I could go somewhere and get out of my head. You know, I, I could, if I, if I was away on vacation and I would sit out on, on the veranda and look out over the mountains or wherever it was, you know, I, I, I could, could feel something. There was something, you know, like a, like a switch click. I didn't have to think about the idea that I should be drawing, you know, instead of this paltry thing writing. Um, or whatever. And and so uh I went and started writing um The Red Mother in a buddy's building. Um we we do a lot of revitalization of old buildings in downtown Joplin. It's kind of our our side hustle. Our side 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 hustle. I don't know we got so many of them now, but <laughs> we uh you know, we we revitalize these old buildings and my my buddy Jeff who who does a lot of that with us had this massive old fantastic building um you know 1900s build was abandoned and up on the second floor there was this fantastic room with with great light and industrial feel to it and i was like i want to write there i want to write in that room so i it was um it was spring. It would, it had just, you know, like I was still wearing, wearing a coat when I first went, you know, and, and like late, you know, late, late, late winter turning into spring and it was just beautiful. And so, uh, in here in Missouri, you know, we get about 16 seconds of perfect weather and then it gets really hot. <laughs> and then you get like a little bit in the fall and then it gets really cold. And, um, I, I wrote until, um, in the, you know, in the spring I wrote until I was sitting there, you know, basically in just like shorts in this room, uh, sweating so much that I was like, it was just pouring off me. And I, I can't do this anymore. There was no, there was no heat or heat or heat or air in this place. You know, it's just, it's just a building. It's, you know, and there's no electricity yeah. really. And, and, but, but I was, my output was fantastic. And so my answer then was like, well, I'm going to go to the coffee shop and write in the air conditioning. It's different. And uh, so I, I did that. And then um, when it started to get cool again, I went back. I went back and, and in the fall and, and wrote in the space again. And, and when it got too cold, when I was suddenly the polar opposite of that, wearing like two stocking caps and <laughs> six jackets and, you know had like a, like a tauntaun wrapped around <laughs> me, you know, um, I, uh, I had to go back to the coffee shop and 
I resented it a little bit more on that second trip. You know, I, I love the shop. I love the people, well, the people that run it, you know, and some of the, some of the people there in the shop are great enough, but, um, but you know, I, I kind of was like, I need my space. I need my space. And, um, and then COVID happened and I was like, well, I'm not going back there. I can't, you know, I mean, it, it actually closed for a while, but like, you know, everything had to open up so soon. And I was like, well, I can't, you know, I've been, I've been riding out of my house and it, somewhere in there. Um, um, right, right now I'm actually here. Uh, we we're really involved in the, uh, the city market. I mentioned, you know, I mentioned earlier the cup of coffee that I have at, at the empire market. Well, upstairs of the markets is massive old space. There are all these offices and, um, I, I was like, well, I, I don't feel safe and comfortable riding in a coffee shop and I can't really ride at home because I tried for a long time. It was just, it wasn't clicking in the right way. So I got space here and I'm like, I'm going to turn this into the space that I've always wanted to write in. And I did. And, uh, you know, while it's not a cool, old, creepy, <laughs> too hot or too cold building pretty cool well it's awesome you're able to you know find your your space i i totally get the uh needing or feeling like you know a space where you do one thing is not necessarily the space you want to do all things Mm -hmm. um like my uh roughly a year and a half ago i had finally was able to move all my stuff into its its own office studio thing so i was able to spread out a little bit more and, and all that and put my guitars on the wall and all that and then i was like okay this feels like you know my space to do everything i'm doing and then covid hits and my wife's like i gotta work from home now mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's like well i need an office so it's like all right well you know let's you know get you a desk and let's get you in here so that way you know because you can't you know my my daughter's was was four at the time and my son was you know year and a half at the time and it's like so yeah you you can't work with them around you you gotta, you gotta sit down and focus mm-hmm. so it kind of became something different um and uh we i recently learned that she her this is gonna be more of a permanent solution <laughs> than uh, for her company than uh than uh, we thought it would end up being which is perfectly fine i'm you know, I'm I'm totally cool with all that, but it's just like, okay, well, you know, I'm finding way. I'm trying to find a way now to remake my portion of the space to be something I'm comfortable working in again because I kind of just, you know, wanted to give her as much space as she needed, and then like I have so much crap. <laughs> I have like two desks, right. one for my computers and all that, and then one for you know draw, actually drawing on traditionally, and then you know I'd made the switch to not permanent switch, but a switch to drawing digitally and all that. So I'm just using the iPad and, you know, so yeah, it's, it's, I, I get, you know, on a smaller scale, uh, cause it's not actual separate space outside of the house. I get the, the feeling where it's like, I, I kind of need to make this space my own and, and, and do all that. And you, you kind of started to answer a question I was, I had is cause with writer artists, you know, I often wonder, like, do you write, like, full scripts first, or do you kind of, like, 
give yourself a more uh, plot-based thing to start drawing and doing layouts off of, or is it really like a project-dependent situation? In some ways, whenever I'm doing everything, it's a pretty project-dependent situation. I mean, but but there's but even within that, I think I, I do have a lot of structure to what I do. Part of the reason, um, I felt like I I I had a lot I needed to learn, and maybe a little bit that I needed to prove when it came to writing. So I really wanted to figure out scripting, like 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 how I did a script, how and, and even as much as as how. A script is done it really became about me wanting to figure out what my scripting was like you know it's it's vaguely conversational but but also you know has enough information in there you know having like all of the the ability to kind of kind of mess with things but because i had something to prove because i, I wanted to to show myself that that you know damn it i am a writer um i kind of had to um get used to the idea of just writing a lot of scripts. And so even on Hauntology, like I found myself writing, writing full scripts, even though in my head I was playing through the movie of you know, mm-hmm. movie of the mind. Right. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes I would start with thumbnails and then move to script, but, but often it's just a full script. I, 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 I like that old traditional process and I, I really, you know, um, I, I, there are so many writers that that I always feel you know feel like they do it better than I do, but I feel like if I can just try and paint a picture with my words in the right way, it's going to work. Okay, yeah, that's that's definitely something I've struggled with finding what you know my process is when I'm trying to you know start to write for myself and do things like that. So it's always interesting to hear the very varied answers of you know people who who are who are doing that and and what you know they set themselves up with for, you know before they even start drawing anything and all that um i had a conversation with uh, matt lesniewski uh recently and you know he his response was you know he he doesn't uh finish like full-on scripts he's kind of like whatever he's working on now he, he fo- focuses on that because he likes to keep you know, the path open for himself as it goes, which, you know, obviously project dependent, because if you're working on detective comics or, or, you know, you're, you're working for a licensed property or something like that, they want to know what's going to happen before you do anything, I'm sure. So, but yeah, it's, it's always interesting to see the, the, just the, the birth of just different approaches to everything. Cause, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm a process junkie myself, so it's like I just I, I just like knowing, you know, I like I like knowing how the sausage is made, so to speak. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. So you know, you've you've brought up Hauntology, and uh, when this posts, you know, the campaign will be well underway, and the idea of just a complete anthology of just your own work, you know, again, I, I mentioned in the intro that it's definitely something. I think every artist has probably dreamed of doing, <laughs> but you know, I, I can't think of anyone who off the top of my head. I'm sure someone has at some point. Cause that's how I think, you know, if you thought of it, surely someone has done some variation of it yeah, already. Um, but 
you know, it, it, the 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 drive to do that it, it's probably more intense than people think. <laughs> and the stories in Hauntology, if I'm if I'm uh, remembering correctly, they're all kind of horror based things. And you've you've worked on a wide selection of different genres and, and all that. Is horror kind of the the comfort genre for you? Is that the one where you're like you feel most? And I, and I don't mean comfort like you know that's like a uh, like oh that's the easy one to fall into. You know, is, is it that's just the one you feel most comfortable with? Uh, you know, telling your stories in. Yeah, horror is pretty much where I live. Um, I'm kind of fascinated with the idea that like you can have genre stories that sort of all like you can tell a sci-fi story that's a horror mm-hmm. story you can tell a comedy that's also a horror story you can like the reality is bizarre <laughs> it, it really is <laughs> you know like like the world around us is often a horror show um there's just there's these moments consistently where i'm just like yeah okay it's not a monster or whatever but like there's just it's just surreal and i think a lot about you know um while you know i I obviously go more overt a lot but like i I think about um david lynch's work a lot you know that he he would tell these stories about you know like a a, almost like a 1950s-esque town but then he'd kind of just step to the side just a little bit you know you just look look over this way and you'd see this maniac grinning, you know, mm-hmm. like, the, you know, I, I, that opening, you know, that early on in, in Blue Velvet, where, you know, just like focuses on an ear, you know, with <laughs> ants crawling on it. And it's, you're just like, oh, that's, that's a mess. You know, I, I still like telling fantasy stories or, or, crime stories or various things, but they always just have this little tinge, you know, uh, I did a book called 40 seconds last year for, for comiXology unlimited. Uh, what are the, the originals? It's, yeah, there you go. Good job. <laughs> like, yeah. The, uh, comiXology originals. And, um, you know, uh, it, it was a, it was a big sci-fi reality jumping romp that also had some really weird horror stuff in there. And, and I, I just find that I keep pulling it back in and I, and I love that kind of stuff. Uh, it's where my heart is, I guess. Okay. So, you know, I, I'm sure you've repeated it ad nauseum, <laughs> but uh, if you wouldn't mind going over just, just one more time, the, the impetus for doing Hauntology and the, uh, the, I guess the, the origin story of the book and, why you know you decided to you know do this whole big kickstarter collection for it um i mean anthology started out as a response uh something that i needed during covid uh the industry went pencils down we all had work that we had lined up you know I had I had a year's worth of work lined up and suddenly everything, the pause button was just hit on everything, everything that I had, you know, that I was going to draw, you know, suddenly I was like, Oh, I don't have that income. 
I don't have that project. You know, projects in comics take a long time to set up, to get started, to get going. You're talking about three, four, six months at times before, you know, you can get something pitched, accepted, proved, you know, the first draft done, so on and so forth. It takes time. And when the entire industry stops for a little while, how, how do you even find that next thing? And I just felt uh, it's a bit hyperbolic, hyperbolic if I say broken, but like, you know, I, I, I was lost. I think I, you know, again, probably a, a grand word for it, but, um, I, I was hanging out with my family. I was watching a lot of movies and playing video games with, with my sons and playing board games and cooking really fantastic meals with whatever, whatever various things we could get that weren't sold out at, at grocery stores and baking bread and drinking whiskey and, <laughs> you know, doing all these things. But like, I'm, I, I'm wired a little, a little high strung or something. I, I, I need to be making something like, Lori always jokes, you know, she'll be talking about stuff and she's like, she's like, you know, you're, you're getting kind of grumpy. You probably need to, you know, you're taking a couple of days off. You probably need to start on something else. And <laughs> I, I can feel it every time, you know, I, I, it's there. It's, that's the reality of it. It's like, I, you know, when I'm not working, I get a little grumpy and, uh, and I, yeah, it was a month that I, I was just, Walking, you know, I wasn't sleeping well. None of us were. We were having those COVID dreams. Weird, weird. You know, everybody around you, you know, you could you couldn't hug your mother. You know, you couldn't do anything. And and I needed something. I needed to make something. And I told this, you know, this very very simple story. I was like, I'm gonna sit down and I'm going to write and draw a story and just see what happens. And, um, I kind of had an idea. I had a thing that I wanted to do. I wanted to tell a story about longing and, and, and in a way it was, it was longing for life to go back the way it was supposed to be. We are still waiting on that. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's ever going to really quite happen the way that we think, but you know, uh, I, I, I had this, this longing for my friends and my fam, you know, my extended family and to go and to go to a restaurant and, you know, all these things. And it just wasn't there. And so I wrote this story, you know, and, and I, I, I wanted, um, I, I think, I think that, um, so often stories are written that focus on um like like you know straight folks right like like it's always you'll get stories that that um often you know it's it's not a story about a a a gay couple and i wanted to write a story about a guy that had a family and and his husband you know like he like wakes up in the middle of the night because he has this need, this longing 
and you know I, I even kind of built it you think it's going one way and it doesn't it goes some terrible lovecraftian way but um but it was it was a story that was important to me and i saw it so clearly and i worked on that story it was a three-page story and i worked on it for 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 a week for for basically five days and i wrote it i penciled and inked it and i lettered it in that in that five-day period and I felt whole for the first time in months, you know, and it did something. And I just tried to repeat that. I needed more of it. It became, in a lot of ways, it became my salvation, my therapy, you know, maybe even a little bit my drug, right? Like I, 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 I would, I found that, that I, I was thinking about the next story and the next story. And, and I was thinking about the things that I wanted to talk about, right? Like the, the idea that, you know, we, we couldn't sleep, you know? So I wanted to tell a story about a guy that kept waking up because there was this bizarre sound and what that meant. And, you know, about, um, about, uh, a woman that, that lie awake at night because of an existential dread, you know, knowing that her candles were running out, you know, but then, but then I, but then I also talked about stuff that was silly, you know, like, like these are horror stories and they're all genre stories, right? Yeah. Like they're post-apocalyptic or, or straight, you know, more, more like Lovecraftian horror or weird fiction, or whatever you want to call them. But then there's these stories that, um, that are kind of goofy. Like, like I wrote a story called the private, which is essentially about a guy that, uh, in a post-apocalyptic world finds a working toilet and kind of like what that actually, you know, like that, that he finds himself going back every day to, because this toilet flushes and, you know, like, and like for him, like the balance, like this thing in his head, like this is a bit of normalcy, this moment every day, you know, he goes and there's a, there's a, there's a whole closet, obviously, you know, wherever this building is, you know, they had, they had just gotten a, a closet full of toilet paper before all of this. And, He's just parsing it out, you know, and kind of, but, but like how, how special that is. And, you know, I wrote that literally, you know, it's just kind of like a weird story, but like I wrote that as sort of a reaction to the fact that we had to go out and practically get in a fist fight for a four pack of Charmin, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Not to distract too much or detract too much from what you're saying, but yeah, you're, you're bringing up some memories of when, when, the just the complete odd oddness of the toilet paper hoarding and ironically enough thankfully ironically enough for us we i just had a habit of like going out and just like getting a six pack every time i was at target just in general before everything hit <laughs> so mm-hmm. we were actually pretty well stocked for a while and but like it was it, towards i think uh as we were getting very close to running out, that's we started to feel like the oh shit, <laughs> mm-hmm. like this is such like a, a simple, like why do people act like idiots? And then mm-hmm. it, it just you know it, I just remember the kind of like the ridiculous amount of relief I had when I just had gone to the store early on a Monday and Target had just got a shipment in of toilet paper, uh-huh. and I'm like all right, it's you know they're doing the one per customer thing, but like. Right. Like I'm grabbing the biggest damn pack you have as my right. one pack. Right. Mm-hmm. So, the 84 pack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And 
it just and it's, you know and and to, to to a greater extent too also like and anything antibacterial right like mm-hmm. and just i you you didn't want to kind of be that be that person like getting this stuff and trying to hoard it but you're also like well we don't have it we would like to have some and then or, or you go to the store and like well there's another one here maybe i, I should pick it up you know and, and things like that and i remember for um the longest time we couldn't find antibacterial soap anywhere mm-hmm. and then i just i had gone into walmart because uh, I, was, I was helping out my, my in-laws who were high risk uh, and they get stuff from Walmart so I went into Walmart and I just happened to look in the soap and I look on the top shelf and it's just jug after jug after jug of the refills for hand soap antibacterial mm. I'm like no one bothered right like the shelves wiped clean up top all the ref- big jug <laughs> so I'm going I'm like climbing up and I'm you know I'm, I'm not being selfish with it but like I, I grab one um and then, like another customer saw that, saw that, like, oh, can you grab one for me? <laughs> it's like, just, just the, the sheer ridiculousness of it. And I re- appreciate you, kind of, like, there, there's this thing happening where it's like people are trying to make movies about COVID type situations, and it's like, who the fuck wants that? Nobody wants right. that. Right. Oh no, absolutely. So absolutely. I, I greatly appreciate you, uh, more, uh, you know taking the approach of like here's the feelings we were feeling here's the kind of things and crafting stories around that it it really reminds me of one of my favorite books called uh the things they carried by tim o'brien yes Yes, Um, and it yeah it just struck me as like you know none of those stories are factual but they were all inspired by feelings and stories he's heard from or Mm -hmm. I don't remember if he was actually in uh, uh, Vietnam himself, but it was more like just like he was capturing the feelings of that and, and, and writing the stories around that. So that's something that when I first, you know, heard you kind of talking about that and, and describing it, uh, that that really, you know, hooked me with it. You know, I, I've, I've enjoyed your artwork for, for years now, so it wasn't like, you know, I was already in on the anthology to begin with. <laughs> um, but you know, hearing that, I'm like, okay, this is like catapulted into something I'm really excited about because I just, you know, the approach you're taking with it for me it struck a pretty big chord. I, I, I think you really hit it on the head when you said that you know, like we we just the last thing on earth you want to read is another actual COVID story. You know, I don't I don't really want to tell stories about people wearing masks or having to deal with COVID or, you know, in any, you know, any of that, it's, it's so painful and it's so raw and it's so now, you know, it's like, it's there, but I think everybody understands feelings. And I think everybody understands, you know, like, like, like we all had loss and loneliness and fear and anger, confusion. These, these are things that, that, are there. And I think, you know, if you're talking about a father and a son making breakfast and then, you know, amidst the end of the world, or you're talking about a creature that lives out in the woods and it, it, 
it's terrifying, but, but maybe the heart of it is that it's actually lonely, <laughs> you know, all of these things, you know, it's, I think that's, that's even some somewhat an oversimplification of it. Cause these are very genre, you know, they're just genre stories, you know, but, but, um, but like, there's a feeling there. There's something like, and, and, and for me, it was, it, you know, it was therapy. I mean, that's, that's the reality of it is that, you know, if, if you go into therapy, often you're asked to, to, you know, write down your feelings to journal. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just did that in a, in a slightly different way. You know, I, I, I didn't necessarily write about, you know, losing my grandfather, but I wrote about, losing my grandfather and and it's 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 something that i found has resonated with people in a really special way i'm so grateful for that i'm so grateful to have you know people read these things and be like oh wow okay that you know like that's kind of like you said it's like people know that that i can doodle okay you know like people people know that i can you know uh uh you can draw you, you know, can draw a really nice picture <laughs> yeah yeah that that i'm that you know i'm that i'm that that i i can you know i i can draw your batman but um but i think that the other thing is like when when you can kind of connect with an audience because because you're speaking from your heart um you know it's all the better even if it's a story about you know a crazy monster <laughs> or something like that yeah exactly uh you you've brought up uh, a few times you know they're all genre stories and i think the the best genre stories are the ones that they're doing what you're doing with anthology and you're they're giving us a mirror to our emotions and our thoughts and our feelings, but not necessarily, you know, retelling the story we're all experiencing right now. You know, you're, you're giving us, we're getting that visceral feeling of it, you know, like look at night of the living dead or, you know, uh, or the thing or stuff like that, where it's like, yeah, those are genre stories, but they tap into you know, real feelings and, and real emotions and real uh, thing, real experiences people have that, you know, you, you can, you can lose yourself in the, the genre-ness of it, mm -hmm. but it, it, it seeds in deeper with, with you because it has those extra layers to it. It's not just about a monster in the woods. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and I, I love with storytelling that you can sort of take from it what you need to, you know, like, like there are things that, that I, I love, I'll be at a point and I'll, I'll, I'll watch something and then I'll go back, you know, a decade later and I'll rewatch it again. And I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. That was, that was about this, you know, like, like, I don't know, you know, the first time that I saw night of the living dead, I didn't understand the social commentary at all. It just scared the hell out of me. But then I went back and watched it later and I'm like, Oh wait, okay, no, this is, this is, this is speaking to, to race, you know, the, the day of the dead or sorry, Dawn of the dead speaks, you know, about con consumerism and mm -hmm. like each of these things have a deeper meaning 
Um, but you know, some people, some people, it's just a, a, a zombie story. Some people, it's just a, a genre thing, and that's okay. And I, and I love that we can all, you know, um, sometimes I've had I've had fans come up, and they've read something in my work that I didn't even know was there, you know, but it spoke to them in a very specific way. And, and, you know, the second that that happens, I'm just like, okay, I'm doing my job. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this is, this is right. That's awesome. And it goes right back to what, you know, you said, you know, we, it's, it's great that we can all experience things on our own terms and enjoy them on our own terms. So yeah, it's like what you said before, you know, we, it, it's great that we can experience and enjoy things on our own terms. And I, again, once again, I, I really appreciate, you know, how you're approaching Hauntology. I'm really uh, stoked for its success. Um, you know, and it, you've already blown past the goal and, you know, I don't know what you're looking for in terms of stretch goals, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I'm sure there'll be some really cool things happening and hopefully by the time this post, you'll be even past those and this will be, you know, something that just exceeds every possible, uh, you know, while this positive scenario you've had for it. Um, I've had an absolute blast talking to you tonight. Uh, if you could let everybody know right now where they can find you on the internets, I'll make sure there's links down in the show notes below, but, uh, yeah, now is the time. Let everybody know where they can find you. Okay, you can find me. Uh, you know, Instagram tends to be my my weapon of choice when it comes to social media. I just enjoy it. I love you know the idea of a glimpse into worlds. You know, you're going to see artwork from me. You're going to see whatever the hell I'm drinking or eating. You know, I'm probably going to see my cat a little bit and stuff like that. But th that's the nice spot for me. Um, and then um, I'm on I'm on Instagram as Jerhan. I'm also on Twitter as Jerhan J E R H A you in you can get me on uh facebook too uh just under my name jeremy hahn um you know look me up on there there's a little bit of crossover to what i post on on the, all of those platforms i do a patreon um you can check it out it's jeremy hahn i try to post you know a few times a week i'm really falling off right now because i've got so much just going a little on. busy just a little busy right now i feel horrible and need to you know apologize to my 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 patrons um i uh of course yeah and i'm on i'm on kickstarter right now right with uh with hauntology and um you know i'm incredibly proud of it i'm i'm blown away by the response um it's amazing when you can make something specifically for an audience you know you can you can connect with these wonderful people and 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 create something that you know is even more experiential than what you'd get you know just just going you know publishing with a company you know i can i can literally make a a an oversized hardcover book you know just because because i want mm -hmm. to it's not you know you don't have to sort of make the numbers work for for them it's just like well i'm going to do this because i'm going to do it and uh then you can do t-shirts and you can do uh, a special physical coin that connects to the stories in the book and all these things, you know, and that's what I'm doing. So it, it's been fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jeremy, thanks so much for coming on. I really had a, a great time getting to know you a bit better and uh, hearing you 
say a lot of very smart things <laughs> today. So thanks again. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Comics Coffee Metal Podcast. Please be sure to join me next week with my guest, the creator of Scam, Wailing Blade, and Happy Hill, everyone's best friend, Joel Mulvey. <laughs>